Welcome to Ageless and Outrageous, your favorite podcast about how to age amazingly. I'm urogynecologist and hormone and sexual health expert, Dr. Kristen Jackson. Every week, my incredible and knowledgeable nurse practitioner, Rosalind Arp, and I share our combined 30 years experience to guide both men and women as they age. Listen as we dive into a variety of topics, including hormone optimization, pelvic floor health, maintaining a vibrant sex life, weight gain issues, and skin, hair, and body changes as we age. These real-life insights are always rooted in solid scientific knowledge. Tune in for a dose of laughter, knowledge, and an honest perspective on the incredible adventure of growing older. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're talking about how often you are getting regular sex and what the health benefits are of having regular sex. So if you're out there listening and you feel like you're having good, healthy, regular sex, you're improving your health in a lot of ways. And if you're not having regular sex, maybe you'll decide to increase your frequency to gain some health benefits. Yes, regular healthy sex has many health benefits and many research studies document some surprising benefits to regular sex for your health. When I go over some of the overall health benefits of regular sexual activity with patients, some of them are like, oh, okay, I knew that I was aware of that but some they're shocked by and some they're laughing at. So I always kind of joke with my patients as if there's not enough good reasons for having regular healthy sex, take this information home to your partner and say, hey, we need to have more sex so we can have healthier hearts or healthier sleep or healthier brains. And hopefully that can be a fun way to introduce that information into their relationship. So let's start talking about some of the health benefits of regular sexual activity that are maybe a little more obvious. And the first one is reduced stress and anxiety. We know that people who are having regular intercourse in general modulate their cortisol response much better. In fact, just being sexually aroused decreases our cortisol. And cortisol is our stress hormone that comes from our adrenal gland. So by our stress hormone going down, we're going to feel more relaxed and then also desire increases. Sexual activity also increases our endorphins. These are the brain hormones associated with pleasure, motivation, and energy. So changing that balance of cortisol down and endorphins up is really a good hormonal situation to have for less stress and less anxiety. Which is amazing for relationships, because as many people probably experience, the first person we tend to put our stress on is our partner. This can lead to feeling disconnected from our partners, which leads to more stress. But what can really help our stress and anxiety is sex. This is due to a neurotransmitter called oxytocin, which is also known as the cuddle hormone. Oxytocin is made in the hypothalamus in our brain, and it's typically released when we are aroused and increases even more during orgasm. Right. When we first fall in love with someone or in the beginning of a relationship, oxytocin levels are generally elevated, and they remain elevated for the first six months. So a lot of people equate oxytocin as the love hormone, but what it's doing in our brain is inhibiting another hormone called ACTH. ACTH is what causes us to release cortisol. So high oxytocin means low ACTH and low cortisol. And we can actually see this reproduced on brain scans. We know that in the brain, the centers that modulate our stress are the hippocampus and the amygdala. And if you give a patient an oxytocin infusion, blood flow to those areas of the brain quiets down. It literally means that oxytocin is quieting the stress centers of the brain. And patients then report less stress and anxiety when their brain is flooded with oxytocin. 
Many people say that being in love is just a chemical state, and in many ways, it is. If we flood your brain with enough oxytocin, you're going to feel strong attachment and low stress levels, low anxiety levels to whatever the stimulus is that is making that oxytocin happen. Yeah, to add to that, I have read a recent study that showed that there is a correlation with low levels of oxytocin and severity of social anxiety disorders. I know there is still more research that needs to be done, but it's still a promising path for mental health research. In the meantime, why not produce it naturally by sex? (laughs) (laughs) So true. And I know one of the things that you talked to me about is that research on the seven second hug. Do you want to talk more on that? Oh, that is one of my favorite studies. They did an interesting study where they would have a couple hug for at least seven seconds. Then they would take one member of the couple away and put them in a stressful situation. And they would measure things like their blood pressure and their cortisol levels. Then they would repeat that study in couples who did not start the stressful situation with a seven second hug. And what they found is even just holding a hug with someone you love for seven seconds, when you're exposed to stress, you have less of a stress response. Your blood pressure doesn't go up as high, your heart rate doesn't increase as much, and your cortisol level doesn't rise. So that's a really interesting study to show that not only is our own brain modulating our stress response, but we can actually modulate the stress response with a loved one. So if you've ever heard that hugs are healing the world, here's the science proving that it's actually true. So make sure when you're hugging your loved ones, you make sure that it lasts at least seven seconds. Yes, it's so amazing that you told me about that. Um, Since you've told me, I have been mindful of hugging my husband as soon as I get home and I can feel my stress just melt away. We have two little boys and sometimes it can get really overwhelming when I get home. So we do that big bear hug for seven seconds or, or even longer. Then we are ready to divide and conquer the night routine as a team. That is so important. And we tell couples that all the time, that reconnect when you see each other, if you've both been away at work or both been away at school, We tend to come home and immediately jump into the work of the house, but taking seven seconds to neuromodulate with each other really resets your focus as a couple. Yes. But now the next uh, health benefit is that regular sex begets more regular sex. (laughs) Yes. So when you're more sexually intimate, it really increases your oxytocin levels, which increases your desire to have more sex and a feeling of connection with your partner. Having sex with your partner increases your oxytocin, which also increases your arousal to have sex again. So it's just one big cycle. Right? And sometimes, especially in couples who've been together a long time, as we mentioned, oxytocin levels tend to be highest in the first six months of a relationship, and then they naturally do tend to fall. So after many years, we get a lot of couples who say, we're great friends and we really care about each other, but you know, the sex has just kind of fizzled. And sometimes the solution for that is just start having more regular sex, even if you don't feel like it, even if you're not having a lot of desire or you're not really feeling up for intimacy, go ahead and plan the sex and just start getting it done on more of a schedule. Because every time you have a satisfying sexual experience, you get that shot of oxytocin again. And then the next time you want to have sex, it makes that oxytocin easier to be released from your brain. Yeah, and sex might seem forced in the beginning, but there are studies that show sex increases intimacy between partners. And I've heard from many of our patients that their male partners are typically more open or more intimate with them after they've had sex. Right. Lots of men feel that they need physical touch first before they can have emotional intimacy, where for women, it's often the opposite. But I know for many couples, and women especially, 
they feel like scheduling sex takes the spontaneity out of it. It's not as fun. But actually, scheduling sex gives you an additional benefit. If you know that the two of you are planning that this Friday night is our night to have sex, you should start talking about it before Friday night. So you can send each other messages about it. And every time you start thinking about that upcoming sexual activity, your brain gets a little shot of oxytocin. So you think about your partner and send them a text, you get a little mini oxytocin boost. Then your partner says something nice to you like, oh, can't wait for Friday night. You get a little oxytocin boost. By the time Friday night comes, it's like you've primed the pump. It's much easier for that oxytocin to flow. Well, what are other benefits of regular sex? One of my favorite benefits of regular sex is that it has actually been shown to boost our immune system. And patients are always asking me, how do I strengthen my immune system? It's a hard thing to measure. You know, you can do things over the counter, like take airborne or vitamin C. These are some home remedies that people use to improve their immune system. But in one study in the VA actually showed that having sex once to twice a week increases a level in our blood called IgA or immunoglobulin A by up to 30%. IgA is one of the immunoglobulins that prevents bacteria from adhering to our cells. It's a very powerful part of our immune system. And this was a study that actually showed a very significant increase in IgA simply by regular sexual activity. That's actually the most shocking to me when I was reading the list in the past. Right? So they even did a study that was much more applicable to today's time, which is your resistance to COVID. They took 16,000 people. Those who were having sex greater than three times a month showed up as COVID positive 24% of the time, whereas people having sex less than three times a month showed up as COVID positive over 40% of the time. And that difference, that improvement in turning COVID positive was directly related to the increase in IgA. That's why we had so many COVID babies. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. But tying back to the anxiety, there was also another study that found that anxiety and depression scores were significantly lower um, in those who were sexually active during the COVID-19 lockdown compared to those who weren't. That's right. Hopefully everyone was boosting both their oxytocin and their immunity. (laughs) (laughs) Another area that benefits with sexual activities are cardiovascular system. Regular sex has also shown to protect our hearts. There are studies that show a link between low testosterone and high blood pressure. So when testosterone spikes during sex, it helps to lower our blood pressure. Plus the stress relief relaxes our arteries, also lowering our blood pressure as well. Right. So much of cardiovascular disease has to do with vasoconstriction. That's having tight blood vessels. And normally, young people have very stretchy blood vessel walls. Think of a healthy rubber band. It can stretch and then spring back to life. They stretch, spring back, stretch, spring back. But as we get older, the stretchiness of our blood vessel walls gets stiffer and stiffer, so they're not as pliable. The boost of testosterone we get when we have a sexual encounter really helps to decrease the vasoconstriction in our blood vessels and keep our blood vessel walls nice and appropriately pliable. I like that um, rubber band analogy. But- <laughs> it applies to many, many tissues in our body, not just yes, blood vessels, right? right? We talk yes. about that sometimes in the vagina too, keeping it yes. nice and healthy and pliable. Yes. But yeah, there was another study that actually showed that men who engages in sexual activity at least two times a week are 45% less likely to have heart disease than men who have sex only once a month or less. Not only that, one study in Harvard of almost 32,000 men found that the more a man ejaculated, the lower his risk of prostate cancers. 
So in fact, those who ejaculate more than 20 times per month reduce their prostate cancer risk by about 20% compared with those who ejaculate four to seven times per month. And I know we mentioned this in one of our other testosterone talks, but I think that's good to know again. Right. And we, we're not saying you have to have sex 20 times a month. <laughs> there are other ways to do it. In addition to having good testosterone, just getting a regular erection for men is forcing blood flow into the penis on a regular basis. So the more you use those blood vessels, the healthier they're going to be. And in addition to immunity improvement and cardiovascular improvement, one of the other very often surprising benefits of regular sex is what it does to our brain. One of the most common complaints we hear as people get older is that their memory is slipping, or I just walked into this room, what was I going to get? I mean, I'd probably say that three times a day. <laughs> but regular sexual activity actually helps our brain form new neurons in the hippocampus. And the hippocampus is a part of our brain that's responsible for learning and memory. As we age, those are just our neurons in the hippocampus slowing down their firing. They lose some of their outer protective covering. That's why sometimes we can't think of the right word as quickly as we want to. So anything we can do that keeps those neurons firing quickly is always a good benefit. The way I look at sex, it's very similar to exercise. Exercise increases perfusion of blood to the brain, perfusion of blood to other organs, improving our physical and mental health, improving our muscles, just to name a few. But those are the same benefits we're getting from sex as well. So even though it's not as demanding as running, it is also producing those same benefits. Yes, anything that is going to enhance blood flow and enhance proper hormone flow is going to help. So sex increases our endorphins. Exercise also increases our endorphins. So there really are a lot of good parallels between sex and exercise. They both do great things for us. So if you don't like to exercise, you can just have sex exercise and at least you get to do it with someone you love. Exactly. The both together, you can do sex exercise. <laughs> <laughs> or if you can't get to the gym because you just don't feel like putting your gym clothes on, you can just take your gym clothes off <laughs> and do a different form of activity. Yes. And also tying into that is better sleep. We know exercise helps with sleep, but sex also helps with sleep. Many think that men are the only ones who fall asleep right after sex, but it's actually not true. There is no gender difference in terms of improvement of sleep. In one study, about 63% of participants reported that it was easier to fall asleep after orgasm. So maybe it is linked more to orgasm frequency and not <laughs> gender, but that's another topic. Can you tell us more um, on how sex improves sleep? Well, it's back to the oxytocin release again. Oxytocin, in addition to providing a state of stress relief, also creates a really good state of relaxation. So oxytocin peaks with orgasm. So does another hormone called prolactin, which is also a very relaxing hormone. So that's why often after intercourse, if you both end up having a great orgasm, you both feel relaxed and feel ready for sleep. And many people do just drift right off to sleep um, after that. That's because of both the oxytocin and prolactin that are released into the brain. So what if you don't have a partner and masturbation is your only option? Well, certainly something is better than nothing, but they've actually looked at masturbation versus partnered sex in one study. So as I said before, we know that prolactin is released after an orgasm and we know that prolactin creates a nice relaxation sensation, but the volume of prolactin that is released is really related to how satisfying your sexual experience is. So in this one study, they looked at the volume of prolactin release following masturbation as compared to following partnered sex. 
And what they found is prolactin is released after an orgasm in both of those situations, but it's increased 400% times greater in partnered sex as compared to in masturbation. So that might just speak to the fact that partnered sex is more physiologically satisfying than solo sex, but any kind of orgasm created in any way is going to have positive health effects. I completely agree. (laughs) But since we are in neurogynecology, we cannot forget about the pelvic floor muscles. I know that sexually active women are significantly more likely to have a strong pelvic floor compared with those who were not sexually active. Of course. I mean, it's really challenging for women to work out their pelvic floor muscles. The pelvic floor muscles, if you've not heard us talk about it before, are a shelf of muscles that stretch from hip to hip and from your front to back. And when they're strong and functional, they hold up the bladder, the vagina, and the rectum. And they make sure that all three of those organs are functioning correctly. So during intercourse, you are squeezing and releasing your pelvic floor and squeezing and releasing those vaginal muscles. So you're giving those muscles a little bit of a workout. As a reverse, the stronger your pelvic floor muscles are, the better your orgasm is going to be because most of the pleasurable contractions we feel as women at the time of orgasm are related to contractions of the pelvic floor muscle. So regular intercourse helps to keep healthy blood flow to those muscles and you keep using those muscles so they're a little bit stronger than patients who don't use them. See, I told you it's exercise. (laughs) (laughs) There it is again. Um, And also let's not forget that one of the main benefits of sex is strengthening that intimacy between couples as well. Of course. So it's so easy, especially in long-term relationships, to lose that intimacy you once felt with your partner. You get busy with your family and your jobs and your kids. And after many years, you can start to feel like roommates rather than a married couple. And all of your conversations tend to be very goal-oriented. Who's taking the kids to school? Who's getting dinner ready? Who's taking the car to be fixed? You know, did we take the trash out on time? You forget to talk about yourselves and your intimacy and what do we like about each other? When do we have fun together? When do we laugh together? So regular intercourse, especially in long-term couples, really helps to make all the mundane stuff of life a little bit easier. Your partner is a lot less likely to get on your nerves when you're having regular sex, for sure. I agree. And then also at the same time, you're benefiting your health overall. I don't know if you have heard of the blue zones, but they are regions in the world, people who live significantly longer than average. And in Ikaria, Greece, more than 80% of people ages 65 to 100 are having sex, which is amazing. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But then in 2020 as well, the Journal of Sexual Medicine found that death rates were about 50% lower for those who had sex at least once a week compared with those who rarely had sex. Right. The health benefits of living in a blue zone are huge, but it's because they have a completely different lifestyle and approach to life than we do in the United States. Yes. So I just love that um, statistic that 65 to 100 year old people are 80% of them are having sex there. So, Right. And we see it. We have women in our 80s, 90s and beyond who are saying, how can you make my sex life better? So we want to keep them sexually active as long as they'd like to be. Mm hmm. So with regular sex, you get a stronger relationship with your partner. You get all of the health benefits for you and your partner as well. It's really a win-win for everybody. If you are a couple who is struggling with intimacy or the frequency of intercourse, make sure you find a good sexual health provider to help talk you through that. Sometimes it might just be as easy as scheduling sexual encounters and getting back to a certain frequency of sex. But if you're unable to do that, or you've already taken that step and it's not working, 
then we definitely want to make sure that we get you to the right provider to help you reap all the benefits of a healthy sex life. And I think it's also important for us to mention that it's important for couples to have an open discussion about it because not one person should just only be getting the benefits. I I try to tell my patients, you both should enjoy it. You may not enjoy it every single time, but most times. And if you're not enjoying it because of pain or dryness or erectile dysfunction, talk to your provider because there are so many ways we can help you improve your sexual satisfaction and intimacy. Exactly. The funniest thing I heard recently is this. We have a handout that we commonly use in our office that summarizes a lot of these health benefits of sex that we went over today. So I grabbed the handout and had given it to one of my older patients. I think she was almost 80 and she was reading through it and was laughing and so excited. She said, oh, I didn't know about the memory and the immunity. She was excited about all of those facts, but she said, I'm definitely taking this home to my husband. He needs more reasons to have sex with me. (laughs) And I thought, great. Well, if the health benefits are going to be the, what opens the door to that, let's go for it. That's amazing. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. No information from this recording is intended as a diagnosis or treatment for any disease. If you are enjoying the show, please subscribe so you don't miss any of our exciting episodes. And we love to hear from our listeners and we'll be grateful for your positive review. We'll talk next time.